You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Matt McSweeney. This is the Hot Take Hot Box, another illustrious and glorious episode of this storied podcast. Here to do a little bit of UFC 259 breakdown. Uh, we'll preview the Edwards and Bala Muhammad fight that is coming up in the card for this weekend. I really, uh, really hope you tuned into the last episode. I-, I cleaned up this weekend, folks. The picks I gave out on this podcast, they did well. They did real well. And I'm going to adjust the uh, mic here a little bit here. A little ding noise. That That's what it is. Let's talk about it. Jan Blahovich, Israel Adesanya, lightweight title was on the line. And Jan Blahovich got it done, baby. Uh, defended his title for the first time. Wins a unanimous decision. 49-46, 49-45, Which, I believe that means two of those judges had a 10-8 round. Which is um, fucking insane, uh, you could say. I, you know that's that's in my opinion because I, I and this is just my personal opinion from watching the whole card. It seemed like a uh, a lot of the officials were uh, how can I say like grappling heavy. They v- rewarded um uh, they rewarded the grapplers for wor- you know their work and just uh, controlling the fight. Uh, Aljamain, I believe, was winning in one of those cards going into that fourth round. And I mean, he it probably would have, you know, that would have wound up being 2-2 t- for on that card and 3-1 on the other ones, but it's still, I mean, that's it was a close fight, but it wasn't that close in that sense cuz Aljamain may he probably won round 1 and he lost those those next two rounds. He didn't, you know, it, it's my opinion. But it's it just seemed like the the for the judging mostly everyone was in agreement that Jan uh Peter Jan, that is, was winning that fight, but, you know, a, a, a judge was given, a, I mean, he, had, he only got one of those 14 takedowns, or 17, take, however many takedowns he had. Those were getting stuffed, and he was getting dominated by Peter Jan, so for you to have, you know, for you to have him winning that fight is, for to me, insane, but, you know, that's that's my opinion, that's what judging honestly is, it's your opinion, there's a certain amount of rules and you know standards and things you look for but it may mainly is that guy's opinion if he is a you know i don't agree with it but if he's the guy like we're gonna reward the chain wrestling and like the uh, but the thing is it's not just chain wrestling; it's the unsuccessful chain wrestling and peter yan was just dominating but i, I i'm getting a little too far ahead of myself because it turned out that you know although we thought for the other reasons because we thought it was going to be a great fight that the peter yan fight was going to be the you know the topic of discussion but <clears throat> You know, now it's going to be infamous for a whole nother uh, bevy of reasons. So Jan, well, uh, you know, the I heard complaints about the uh, announcing and the commentary, which you know you can have them. You can always have them. It's a difficult job. I try to cut them a break, but they were a little Izzy heavy, saying you know Izzy was outclassing him and uh, Jan was biting on every feint. There was just a lot of pro Izzy talk. But, you know, I mean, you could say that Izzy was, you know, and DC said as much as in his tweet this week because he's kind of, kind of defending his work. They, they, you know, he said, like, yeah, Jan was biting on all these feints, but it's on Izzy to capitalize. He never capitalized. And it seemed like Izzy was a little scared to step into range because there was so much, you know, power coming back at him. Jan talked about how he wasn't as fast, but he was a little quicker 
or a little not wasn't as fast, but a little uh, hit a little harder than he thought uh, he was going to. But it it turned out that the wrestling was the the key and was the difference maker. I mean, I, I talked about it on here. I thought that that was a thing that he might implement, and but I thought it would be a little more difficult for him to implement. He stood with him for the whole first three rounds, and, and he and he was in the fight. He was battling with him, but it was smart because uh, he Izzy was starting to pull him into his kind of fight. He was trying to, you know, bait him into, you know, like, let's stand here, let's kick box, let's point, let's score points, let's, you know, let's go back and forth, let's go technique for technique. And Jan was holding his own, but I imagine in the, in the end, if you do that for five rounds, Izzy's going to find the, the, the win. It, you know, whether he, you know, maybe not, not a stoppage, but he'll score enough points and he'll do enough. It's kind of in the way, totally different fight, but just the way he fought Romero, he does. he's not going to do anything that he doesn't need to do. He's not going to put himself out there. If you're not going to open yourself up, then I'll just score points, get out of here with a win, and, you know, move on to the next thing. But in this fight, it was, you know, Jan was not going to go out quietly. He was probably down 2-1, maybe up up to one it, You know, a lot of people had Izzy winning going into the fourth round. And I had Jan winning because I thought that Jan was winning a lot of the exchanges. And I didn't think, like, like DC, what I'm saying, like, I just didn't think Israel was throwing enough. And Jan, Jan was throwing heat and he was, and he was touching him. He wasn't, like, hurting him, but he was touching him. You know, and, and I just, I just thought he was fighting better. And, I mean, it, it's, you know, it, it wound up, it wound up being that way. But, you know, the judging is the judging. What, what we saw with our eyes. You know what, 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 how we feel about the fight? That's more, I guess, what I want to talk about. I, I had a lot of shit to talk, say about the judges, but I don't really want to spend the whole time just eviscerating judging in MMA. Because I mean, who, who had like, who agrees with judging? You know, who like, who likes the refs? Who likes that? You know, all these institutions in sports, we, you know, they're there pretty much for us to hate and, and criticize for the most part. Other than when you know they actually do their job right, then no one even talks about it. You know, when the judging's good, it's like okay, that's what it's supposed to be. When it's bad, it's the only thing we can talk about. So, overall, I mean, surprising, yes. I mean, surprising at the time, yes. Now, looking back, it's like you should have seen this happening. You should have seen this coming. Uh, I don't know what it was. I mean, Israel, it just seemed like Yom was too big for him. Uh, the rest, like he, It seemed like he maybe he baited him into the stand-up. And then, like, waited later on in the fight and caught him off guard. And he, when he got him down, he was able to hold him down. And, you know, I mean, I wouldn't say laid on him, but he did a little bit of laying and just controlled him. And it's a smart thing to do, man. Uh, you know, Jan fought a great fight uh, f- throughout. And Jan is a true champion, and he deserves all the credit in the world. Izzy, you know, respect to him for going up, but he came up short. Uh, I'm glad, you know, he didn't really make it many excuses. I didn't... You know, he's real quiet now. I don't really like that. Just go, trying to go away. They're talking about how Till is the next, <clears throat> next, uh, you know, next man up. Next number one contender, pretty much. He's in the lead for who's going to fight Izzy next. When it probably should be, if Whitaker beats Costa, it's got to be Whitaker. Uh, there's no way you can take that fight away from Whitaker. I mean, he's, since losing to Israel Adesanya, he took a little time off. He came back. He beat Darren Till, he beat Jared Cannonier, and he would have beaten Paulo Costa. That's that's three, you know, I mean, that's it right there. That's three of the top contenders in the division. I mean, that's three fights you fought to get back to your to get back and get the same title shot. He one hundred percent deserves it. 
we always talk about how you know you got to you got to you got to earn it you got to you know what whatever like you save like with Connor you, you can't just go and fight him against Dustin for the title again he's got to go and earn it he can't you know but what uh, Khabib was saying go beat someone else beat the you know like win a, win a couple fights Whitaker did that where Whitaker has the chance to do that, he's won two in a row. I mean, one more, and there's, there's no without, you know, without doubt, you can't, you cannot, not give him a title shot. But I think you know maybe if Till in spectacular fashion knocks Vittori out, then maybe the conversation changes, and you know we'll get Till in there real quick, and then do Whitaker after. I have a feeling that Izzy's going to be at, at 185 for a, a good while. The John Jones fight's probably. Not you know not going to happen anymore for Jan. It's going to be Glover to share. It sounds like that'll be I would imagine a co-main. I don't think that that's going to be a main event. I don't know what card they could do that on. Maybe later. I I I don't even know when because it seems like the Connor stuff's going to move towards the summer. I imagine Connor will fight till July now. So maybe maybe he's a June May situation or maybe even July on on a like say a Connor Connor Poirier and maybe but they don't like to do co-mains you know t- t- as title fights when the the number you know the the main event's not going to be a title fight. So but I can't imagine Jan Jan is you know Izzy was the star here but maybe Jan you know maybe maybe they I don't know who who knows I imagine he's not going to be a main event. It'll be a co-main on something else. Izzy will probably get back in there. He's going to have to wait a little bit. So I imagine Izzy's going to be around the time, same time again, as like uh, in the summer as Jan or, or you know, when, around when that Connor fight's going to happen. So I'll be curious to see who they who they match uh, Izzy up against or how long it takes him to get back in there because I imagine he's going to want to get back in there and eliminate this and, uh, you know, get this out of people's minds and – Make them forget that he ever went to 205 and that that was just a blip and he's back to 85 dominating and he's still the king. Because, uh, you know, not that he needs it, but it would be good for him, you know, for his brand and for the whole, you know, I'm the best in the world uh, conversation if he does that. That's, you know, you you know, it worked, it worked for Connor on, you know, a few occasions. Well, pretty much just the Diaz fight, right? And now he's trying to get the Khabib fight and all, like all like the rematches, the Poirier, you know, like it's you know it's a good thing to get it back in there and get that you know get that rematch, get that you know just forget make people forget about it because they all that's all they remember is what you've done last your last fight. That's all they talk about. Got to get it out of their mind. So I, I look, I we should look for Izzy to come back relatively soon. I imagine before this summer's over, we'll see him again. And it's always fun, man. You know. It's, uh, I I was happy to see Jan win. I, I I you know if you want to talk about the picks, I had I had a little bit of TKO action, but I did I did fire Jan moneyline because like I told you folks in a title fight and sometimes you know these these odds are just a little too fat to not you know dabble with. You know I, there there's a re you know there's two guys in there, anything can happen. And plus two hundred for a champion defending his title at a guy for a guy going up twenty pounds. That just that just you know seems good. I like it. Like we'll, when we'll talk about you know this upcoming weekend, what what the you know what the vibes are for for the gambling market. Moving on, uh, and this will be a short short conversation because it was a short fight and a not like 
as DC said during the telecast, a non-event. Amanda Nunes defends her title at featherweight, destroys Megan Anderson, uh, clips her, you know, like, just stands, just treated her kind of like she treated, like, Ronda and, like, the side, like, just stood in front of her and just, like, you want to bang, hit her with a couple of shots. Uh, I mean, or Me- Megan look, or Megan looked like she, not that she didn't want to be there, but that she was just, like, the moment was way too big for her, and it just seemed like, uh, you know, her eyes were huge, and she just, like, as soon as she got hit, it was instant panic mode. Like, she, she started, like, her legs started shaking, and she just, like, the, the movements were just out of control, and you could just tell Amanda had been there before. It was no big deal. Like, you could tell right away, like, oh, okay. Like, sometimes you can tell, like, you see in fights, oh, the one girl's here to fight, like, or, you know, like, this isn't gonna be what we think it's gonna be, but when that fight started, you were like, oh, God, like, Amanda's gonna fuck Megan Anderson up. And it only took two minutes and three seconds. Uh, clipped her, knocked her down, you know. Uh, was about to TK hour and then put her in the ar- triangle arm bar, dude. And just, you know, finished the fight however she wanted. Just just wrapped her up. Your boy cashed out on a Nunes submission because it just seemed like the ground game was going to be the, you know, the easy avenue to victory. And not that Amanda necessarily needs that, but when you can get in and get out of the office uh, early and get paid and get out of there with no injuries, no scars, no nothing, then, you know, it's a good night. Could have very easily been a TKO. It's not to say that I'm some genius or something. It was going to go one way or the other, but I just liked the number, you know, betting and gambling and a lot of that. It's just, you know, I think like a good portion of it is just your, like not your intuition and your thinking behind what's, you know, going on and like, okay, you know, just your vibe and like you following a sport and whatnot enough. Kind of the same way you may look at the stock market. You've seen the stock market go up and down different stuff. You know, you see these things and you put them in your memory bank. So then, you know, the more and more experience you have watching these fights or watching these stocks and you just see it and you're like, okay, I've, you know, I could relate this to something. And, you you know, it's just like a whole, you know, in your mind, you're creating like a whole system, like computer system. And like, you know, I, I don't even know where I'm really going with that, but it's just kind of like, it, you know, interesting to the, see the way that it's like evolved and, and, and for, for my own personal liking and, how difficult it is to pick who's going to win these things because it's so hard, man. And I got I got lucky this weekend. If you watch, listen to the one before, I think I got smoked in the uh, Rosenstruck-Gane uh, card. I don't think I won one fight that night. And this fight, uh, this card, I couldn't lose. I only lost a, a, a couple and, you know, we'll get we'll talk about them, how, how absolutely ridiculous they were. So Amanda gets done. I mean, Amanda gets that done with no problem. What's next for her? Uh, 45 is not going to be next. The, the, there's You see the absolute barren wasteland that that is. is Felicia Spencer uh, and Danielle Wolf, who apparently is 1-0. and or well, Yeah, 1-0. She's going to be fighting soon. I think she's fighting Felicia Spencer. Maybe, if I'm if I'm correct. But 145, you're going to be waiting for a long time. Juliana Pena has put her name out there. Who, uh, you know, she just beat Sarah McMahon. Now that fight <clears throat> doesn't exactly excite me. Juliana Pena is tough. She 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 can you know you she sounds like she's convinced that she could beat Amanda Nunes, but I'm not necessarily as convinced as her. So that looks like that's going to be next. And it sounded like they were going to try and get her in there as soon as possible and run run it back. Not with Megan, but 
you know, get get in there with an opponent, get in there and get another fight in there because, yeah, I mean, she went through a whole camp and she basically didn't get touched in that fight. So why not go in there and get another easy payday, supposedly? But it doesn't seem like Juliana Pena thinks she's an easy payday herself. So next is probably the big talk, you know, is the big talk of the event. It kind of overshadowed the main event and the other two title fights, which was Peter Yan losing his Bantamweight title to Aljamain Sterling via a illegal nay. And the referee called an end to the fight. Just, I mean, it's still kind of, uh, I guess, mind-blowing that that even... It, I couldn't believe it when I was watching it. When I saw him, like, lining up, you could see him, like, kind of look to his corner and maybe get some in- advice or some insight as to whether he should throw the knee or kick now or something. Which I think the I think a language barrier was a big factor here. Him not like really understanding what the ref was saying, or you know he didn't like you know if he knew what I'm I'm sure if he knew that the ref said he's down, he's a downed opponent that he wouldn't have thrown the knee. I don't think there was a lot of like suggestion this week that Peter Jan's like a dirty cheater and like I, I don't see a reason for cheating when you're you're beating a dude's ass and you're you're you know, about to enter the fifth round and this fight's, uh, you know, you're about to be up 3-1 on some cards and in your mind. So, you know, there was no doubt in my mind and, and anyone's mind pretty much that he was winning that fight. He had taken it over there in that fourth round. So, uh, I don't think, I don't think cheating is probably the right word. Uh, you know, definitely illegal, intentional. That's what I heard that word a lot. I mean, he he threw it, so he. I mean, he meant to throw the knee. I just don't think he knew it was illegal, and that's not an excuse. I mean, uh, there's a penalty for that, and that is losing your title. I mean, it is what it is. He deserve he did deserve, deserve to lose his title, but the drama afterwards, it's just kind of uh, sad to see the whole Aljamain Sterling thing happen. Him acting like he didn't want the title, and then doing the interview. A lot of people are saying that he was faking. That he heard the guy say it was going to be a DQ and he uh, played it out and, you know, laid on the ground and just kind of like played it up, played up the drama aspect and got the fight ended when he wasn't, he could have continued or whatnot. I mean, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't have continued myself. That was a absolutely brutal knee. And I can't imagine that that, you know, didn't uh, fuck him up in some way. I mean, you know, so he gets up after that and, you know, goes to the whatever. Maybe I think there's another 30 seconds left in the round. What if he comes back in the fifth and gets absolutely starched? And we're not going to say it's not. It has nothing to do with that knee, you know. So it's like a da- that's a dangerous territory to start going down. But Aljamain has not. It's not been a good look since then. He celebrated. Yeah, I mean, obviously he won the title. He deserves to celebrate. But to then go and you know be calling out guys like Cejudo and Dillashaw and anyone else but Peter Yan when you know Peter Yan is next. He. You you gotta prove to the world that you are the true champion, and you have to go and right that wrong and just say, "Listen, you know, well, I'll, you know, don't even you don't have to say it. I was losing the other fight, but if you beat him, it'll be like it never happened. You won both fights. People will oh, people will forget that Peter Yan ever you know was winning that fight or whatever. If he goes and beats beats Yan again, and be and that's then you're the true champ. No one can ever take it away from you." But you know now there's drama with Matt Sarah. He kind of like go like basically like ghosted Matt Sarah and his longtime coach, 
who's been his coach for for his whole like you know career pretty much throws him to the side and gets gets a new guy apparently that he had only known for just this trade like the did just been started being his coach kept Ray Longo and it just upset Matt Sarah like Matt Sarah it's a you know it's a shame to see a you know uh, a part like a kind of a partnership and a brotherhood and like a family sort of uh disagreement and uh, you know thing play out in public and play out in front of everyone I don't, you know, Aljamain has kind of painted himself into a corner and he he has basically become a villain within the span of one week. And I mean, he, he deserves a lot of it. A lot of it, you know, he, he didn't ask to be put in this situation, but he also, there is a certain way he could have handled it. He didn't handle it well. And uh, Ariel was right. He did kind of make himself, uh, he made Jan into a sympathetic figure, Peter Jan. When he is the one who cheated, technically cheated and technically broke the rules, and threw an illegal an illegal strike. So Aljamain not good. I I imagine uh, Dana said he's going to make that fight as soon as possible. So, I mean, I guess we'll get to see it again. It's a shame that was that was one of my L's on the night. It it was it was the right. I thought it was the right bet. It was. It's just a shame that it went down like that. Shout out to Nick Egan, who lost a ridiculous parlay. He was about to cash out. And Peter Young gets fucking DQ'd. Fucks him out of his money. So I'm sorry for that. But, man, I, I, I was close there. You know, I, like, I, I almost had the whole card, uh, the whole main card right. I had, uh, you know, and we'll, we'll get into the rest of it. I, Makachev submission I had. I don't know if I gave it out on here, but that's what I, I I think I did. I took it at uh you know, took it on the old F, on the old Fanduel. He dominated Drew Dober. Uh, I believe you know, and I heard the term this week from from John Anik, and he he dude, he's got a, good, a lot of good one liners. He's a he's awesome at his job, man. He he had uh he was talking about uh, Islam Makachev playing with his food before he like t- I forget who he was talking about. He was fighting, but I like that. Playing with his food, kind of like just messing around, knows he can get him out of there, but just hanging out and kind of just like staying in the fight because he, he it's fun. And he kind of did that, that. I mean, not that he didn't try and finish Dober. Dober was tough, but he just like worked him over, and and he looked a lot like I mean that that's Khabib, dude. That's a problem for everyone in that in that lightweight division because he's coming. Drew Dober was a live dog, I told you, and he was never in this fight. So I'm curious. That's another guy who I liked. That's you know you mark him down on your list when he fights. You watch when I, whenever whenever you know that that happens to be Islam Makachev. Remember the name. He uh, he'll be up against a I would assume a top ten lightweight opponent next time. It's time. I mean uh, he he's ranked he he's ranked now. I don't exactly know where what you know he is in the rankings. Got him here at 11? 11, yeah. UFC has him on their official rankings at number 11. So I could see him maybe... Maybe RDA. Maybe Dan Hooker. But, I mean, that doesn't really prove anything. I would like to see him move all the way up to, like, a Chandler and somebody like that. You know, maybe him fight... I mean, Connor's six now, so... That would be a guy, but I doubt they do that because that's, I mean, you know, you probably know how that's going to go, but hey, I, you know, that kills me to say that, 
I'm not gonna lie to you, folks, but oh, you know, I, in the in the era of being a Connor fan, where we're at right now, it's not you know we're not looking too good. So, but I, I can't lie to you, folks. I'm not uh, you know I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna be a fanboy. I'll try not to, but it hurts. It hurts. God damn it. Uh, first fight that was on the uh, main card, uh, Alexander Rockage, Thiago Santos. Rockage, really boring fight, I thought. Rockage kind of controlled the uh, the action, dictated a lot of where where it's gonna go, where it was gonna go. Uh, Santos has not looked the same since he came back from the knee injury. He just, I don't really think he was ever really in this fight per se. He did win around, but you know, on two of these scorecards, but it just was so uh, such a like blah fight. From what I remember, I mean, all these other fights I have like, you know, like vivid memories of, but that fight, it's just like, ah, uh, you know, Rock Rockage did what I thought he was going to do. He just controlled the action and not necessarily dominated, but you know, in a sense, dominated. So congratulations to Rockage. I had Rockage as well. All right, I'm going to keep reminding you. Dominic Cruz defeated Casey Kenny. That was a pretty much a domination in my mind for the most part. You know, at the very worst. It's twenty nine twenty eight, but split decision, which doesn't make any sense. But Dom Cruz gets it done. Still has it, you can see. He was just as quick. Kenny was just not as crisp striking wise. The I think he underestimated the movement and the just the the create the elusive and creativeness of Dominic Cruz, and he doesn't really pack the power to that. You know to kind of uh, neutralize Cruz because it seems like the only way Cruz can be neutralized is either by matching his speed, like being quicker than him, or, you know, dropping bombs. And, like, guys like Cody and maybe even Cejudo, like, they they did both. They were just as quick as him, and they were able to fucking drop bombs. So it's like, you know, you need to have the full package if you're going to take. Cruz is not an easy night out. I know there was a lot of conversation before the fight, but I tried to tell you I just didn't think that it, it was done. Casey Kenny, he was you know he's a great fighter, but he's just not there yet. He's not at that Cruz level. Cruz is one of the greatest of all time. Here's one fight that I was wrong about that I wish I I had you know I wish I had known. Song Yudong loses to Kyler Phillips. Kyler Phillips dominated Song Yudong, and Song Yudong didn't really throw much back. He was kind of he kind of waited until the third round to put his foot on the gas and. Song Yudong, the last time we saw him out, he was losing to uh, Cheeto Vera and got a lucky decision, which I should have known. You know, that there's a reason that he didn't, you know, like he's just, you know, I don't know. Just It just seemed to me like when I was watching the Kyler, like Kyler Domino, I'm like, uh, I should have known. You know, but Kyler Phillips, very impressive. He still, I think he's 9-1, 8-1. He's still like got a, got a uh, you know. Uh, not a lot of fights under his belt, so I'm curious to see who they put him up against next. Uh, I mean, that's he's a that's a that's a tough guy to fight at 135. He seems powerful for a 35er, and kind of, you know, real big. So, which is very interesting. Uh, Askar Askarov beats Joseph Benavidez. Askarov missed by like a pound, I think. Uh, you know, that that fight played out pretty much exactly how I thought it would. Askarov dominated from beginning to end. Benavidez is not, his striking is not crisp whatsoever. And you know, was never going to out-wrestle the Russian dude who like, it doesn't seem like they can ever be out-wrestled. So, you know, not, uh, 
not too surprising there. It's sad to see Benavidez in the you know his career and in, in the shape that it's in, and you know because you you know it's really where do you go from here? You're always gonna like I said, you're always gonna be fighting the top top uh, uh, you know cream of the crop. So I'm curious and I'm worried about ben, Benavidez, and I hope he yeah, he gets out before you know uh, he looked good. And the thing is, I don't think he's like this fight showed me he's not necessarily done. But he just needs a uh, he needs the right level of competition. He needs the right competitor, and I, I, I'd be curious to see if they put him, you know, who they put him up against in the the ten to you know, I guess maybe twenty five area, or not ten to twenty five, ten to fifteen area of the rankings. I could see somebody, you know, maybe maybe even like a Tim Elliott, Kai Car of France, maybe. Matt Schnell, you know, guys of that ilk. Uh, I mean, you just saw Bontarin lose, so that could also be an option. But I just think he needs to. You need. We need to see him win again before you know. If he will, if he wants to really keep going after this and keep fighting, we just need. We need to see a win on the board, and we need to get the right guy in there against him. So, good win for Askarov. Askarov is right up there for a title. He's absolutely in in the conversation, and uh, probably after Moreno, it, would, it, would, it probably would be him. I don't I don't see how it could be anyone else. Yeah, I mean Askarov's number two now. I think he was number four. Yeah, because Benavidez was two and he was four. I mean, just a great win, great win for Askarov, and yeah, he's probably next for the title after the after they make the Moreno. I mean, the Moreno fight, I believe, is in April. I think April and May. So, look look out for Askarov, though. He's tough. And um, I would like to see him versus Figueredo. I think that would be a really good fight. I think I think Askarov, you know, would be up against it, though. Five rounds with Davis and Figueredo is, is, a, is no easy feat. And, I mean, the only blemish on Askarov's record is a split draw to Moreno. So, you know, he's no joke, dude. He He's up there with the very best. And we will see what he, what, what, you know, what's what's he going to look like in the title fight. And, you know, I'm sure he's got the gas tank to go five rounds. So, I mean, it's crazy that how you can, you know, in the flyweight division and in the UFC, you can see a guy like that. You know, fighting in the prelims. You're watching a guy for free, like Askarov, beat Joseph Benavidez. He's going to fight for the title next. You know, but he did miss weight, so that that's also a problem. But it never really, it's never really slowed the UFC down from giving title shots again. I mean, it did the same thing with Figueredo, you know. But, I mean, Figueredo did technically beat the guy who was going to be, you know, whoop, whoop the dude who was going to be the champion. But I feel like I'm, like, ranting. I got a lot, you know, I got a little ranty there. Sorry. Back to the business. Guy Car of France defeats Rogerio Bunturin. I mean, he was getting whooped on. Not whooped on, but like dominated in the grappling. Uh the guy had him down, had him backpacked early. Uh he had a body triangle on him for a good while and Guy Car of France gets him out of there with 5 seconds left in the round. Just just an awesome uh, like comeback and just performance for Kai Car France. I I don't remember who I picked on this. I wound up betting Kai Car France, 
uh, on the podcast, I know I talked about uh, how Bolterine didn't really have uh, the, should I say, uh, competition level that I like to see when I'm betting guys like that. I, you know, I, 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 the comment I had about Kaikar France was more of just every time he got to a certain level of the flyweight division and he faced a certain caliber of competition, he would always come up short. And, uh, you know, and not, not, nothing against him. It was just like the, the guys he's fighting against are the very best in the world. He just, you know, he's a younger guy. He's not, he's not there yet. You know, he's only 27. And I mean, some of the, Brandon Roy Vall, Brandon Moreno, you know, like that, that, those are the two, his two losses in the UFC that, you know, one was a submission via a guillotine choke and the other one was a unanimous decision at UFC 245, the night of the Usman Covington fight. So. He's he's legit. I mean, he proved it. He's he's there. He's very game. He will not give up easily. He was he was down bad in that fight, and he fought back. So I mean, shout out to Kaikar France. Tim Elliott dominated Jordan Espinosa, and Jordan Espinosa got cut as he should. He got absolutely just trashed in the in the ground game. Espinosa was supposedly a wrestler, and he I mean he looked quick in the fight beginning of the fight. This is one of the ones that I lost. This is a man one I was mad at because Tim Elliott's a vet. But Tim Elliott fights like a fucking moron for the, for the most part. But he he fought smart and he he knew he wasn't there to bang and get into a war. He was there to take him down and dominate the fight. And I wish I was on the right side of that because you know made sense afterwards. Obviously, Kennedy and Juku and Carlos Olberg. What a horrific uh, fight, honestly. I mean, Juku showed that he's got his game and he's got heart. This is another one that I lost. Uh. Carlos Olberg gassed out in probably two minutes. Two minutes, he was already hand... Like, his hands were down, but those hands had nothing... Like, he had nothing left. And he was just in autopilot from about the three... Like, three minutes into the first round. And he went another whole five minutes. And, I mean, he got caught eventually. He was getting tagged up, but he got smoked with a... I believe a right a right hand. And Juku kept that guard up high the whole fight. He was, you know... DC made a comment, or Joe Rogan, I'm not sure, but they were right. Like, he would he would take an onslaught of damage and then fire back as soon as he was done. Like, wait till Olberg got tired. Because Olberg, excuse me, would try to knock him out, like, with these, like, long, like, uh, you know, bomb punches. And he would just he would just bring some heat back. Like, throw some heat at him. But Njuku would, would, you know, keep that guard high, keep good defense, and fire right back. And, and you know, he... he Olberg had like nothing left, and Juku just started to pick it up more as the fight went on, and you know you could just tell he was walking him down. Olberg was starting to go back a lot. Olberg was pushing him back in the beginning, but really, uh, you know, old not good for the city kickboxing boys. Uh, that that Olberg performance, uh, you know, there's like you know, Kaikar France won though, so you know you can't win them all. So Sean Brady. All right, now this is the Philly guy. This is the one I was telling you guys about before the fight. Sean Brady is a fucking beast. He is a absolute tank, uh, and he's well, like the most one of the most well-rounded prospects you'll see in the UFC. And, and he's just see a seasoned vet by the time he got here. I mean, he's 28 years old, 14 and 0, three knockouts, four submissions, seven decisions. And he goes out there and he, uh, you know, is kind of 
put against his first sort of adversity in the UFC. He gets uh, like clipped and kind of dropped by a uh, like you know like tripped and hit and uh, you know dropped in the first round, and he's able to you know get himself out of like you know keep himself alive. I think he probably loses the first round at least on my scorecard. I mean, he didn't get like dom like. Not dominated per se, but it just like you know, it just didn't look good for him. It wasn't really a lot of action. He was kind of having trouble with like the the you know, I, I probably people listen to him. if he listened to it, he'd probably be like, you have no idea what you're fucking talking about. But I don't know, man. I just I'm just watching the fight, dude. Uh, you know, I just I, I thought like he was like doing a great job of like when things got tough, like he didn't like get like he didn't panic and just jump out there and try to like knock Jake Matthews out or like Jake Matthews was throwing some heat. And it seemed like his punches, like, were, like, you know, had some power on him. And Sean just did what, you know, he weathered the storm. He did what he had to do. And, you know, he eventually gets that takedown, I think, in the second round. And, uh, you know, once he, as he even said it, once he felt him on the ground, he knew, okay, like, this, this is this is the way. And you, as you'll see, you know, for anyone, if you're even this far in, God bless you. And if you're this far in, you're in the UFC. But people who aren't in the UFC, you'll notice the, you know, People, you could say, okay, Sean Brady's a black belt, as is Jake Matthews, but there are 100%, a, there's a big difference in black belts. Like, they're the black, not all black belts are built equally and built the same. That's, it's not the same. You, you know, you getting it from one guy and getting it from another guy, like, you know, one guy, one you know, instructor is way better than the other one. And that doesn't mean you didn't put in the work in, but like, you know, and Sean Brady, uh, you know, uh, he, that guy is just a killer, all right? Uh, uh, that's all I'll say. I'm not going to try. Uh, I'll let the guy talk for himself and he can explain his technique and why he's just better than Jake Matthews on the ground. And I mean, he even started to that, that he had a little check left hook that was keeping uh, Matthews at bay. And he even clipped him and hurt him at one point, dropped him to a knee, you know, and they, they were praising him for not rushing in. He Brady looked awesome. And uh, I'll be curious to see, you know, that that's the, uh, I'll be curious to see, that's going to be the word of this podcast, or, you know, every time I do these UFCs, because I always am curious to see what's next, who's going to fight next, who, you know, like, who, what, who are they going to match Brady up against next, I mean, he's 14 and 0, it's time, he's ranked, he's, he's ranked number 14 now, so now would be the time to give him someone good, give him, you know, not that he has, you know what I mean, though, give, give him a, give him a legit challenge. So do you, what do you what do you see? Is it is it a Bilal, He said he mentioned Bilal Muhammad, uh, maybe a Li Jingliang, Damian Maya, maybe even a Woodley. Woodley's fighting Luke. So I guess you know not not that, but hey, maybe you know I would love to see him move all the way up and fight a Kiesa or a Stephen Thompson. Maybe not Stephen Thompson. Stephen Thompson could be a problem. Uh, yeah. Uh, that 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 I'd be a little worried about, but you know maybe maybe not that big of a jump. Maybe we need somewhere in the middle. Maybe I I would like a Jeff Neal. That that's a that's a that's a fire fight, dude. I mean that that's a that's crazy. Yeah, you know a crazy fight. Maybe Neil Neil Magny. Neil Magny is probably probably the one. Neil Magny coming off a loss, he could use a win, and that would be a good. You know, and if he wins, a stepping stone. For Sean Brady to you know project him project himself into the top ten and get himself uh, you know clo- really close to a title shot with with the very best in the world, which is awesome. To you know, we have a guy from Philly who's you know in the conversation to be the very best. So stand up, show your respect for Sean Motherfucking Brady, Sean Brickhouse Brady. 
And I'm excited to see what he does next. Amanda Lemos. Livia Reneta Sosa. I'm getting good at these Brazilian names. Uh, Amanda Lemos. Uh, she is fucking huge for 115. Uh, when I, when I, I don't remember what I picked on this card, but I just remember, I, I just remember like seeing Lemos and uh, you know what I read before the fight that she was two and zero in her new division. And I always, if like you get a couple fights under your belt at a new, like when you drop weight, I'm always like all in on that. Cause I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I, oh, you know, if you're the bigger guy, I'm, I'm going to be more, uh, inclined you know inclined to bet you you know uh, fighting fighting that's that's the, the name of the game and fighting and i feel like that's like a primal thing the bigger guy always has the chance of you know or bigger guy or girl has a better chance to win doesn't necessarily always mean they're going to win but it's a good starting point makes everything the other person wants to do extremely fucking difficult the other girl was trying to take it to the ground and it just seemed like Lamos is too goddamn strong for her, and it, it just you know. And when she hit her, she was hitting her with fucking heat and bombs. Uh, I messed around a little TKO bet. Was able to was able to hit that, you know, because like I said, folks, look at the money, and the money sometimes is right, you know. When, when you're betting, you ain't gonna bet for a minus one ten for points, you know. What's the fun in that? Euros Medich. Uh, a you know, growing rising star in the game. Uh, defeated Elon Cruz. Elon Cruz took a absolutely brutal beatdown. He didn't deserve that, but you know, he he kept he kept moving and he kept trying to keep himself in in the fight. So you know, it's hard. But Mark Smith definitely should have stepped in and stopped that a fucking thirty seconds earlier, man. You know, the, Rogan and them were freaking out. I you know, I, I don't necessarily agree with you know all that, but stop the goddamn match. Trevin Jones, uh, Trevin Five Star Jones, he defeated Mario Bautista, knocked him out with like a looping, like uppercut hook, which was fucking awesome to see. And that that kicked the night off. I mean, one, two, three, four, five finishes to start. Four, five KOs and Sean Brady, four KOs and Sean Brady submission. I mean, just that great card. Only one, two, three, four, five, six decisions of the fifteen. And a lot of them were all like all, all like three of them were on the prelim. The early prelim card was fire, and the main card was decision submission DQ submission decision. So big night for submissions, big night for finishes, and just big night for the UFC. I had a great time watching the card, and uh, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it lived up to it. They say it, it sold around eight hundred thousand, which is pretty good for their you know. A UFC card without, like, their, you know, their blue blood stars of, like, yeah, Ronda Rousey. You know, the Ronda Rousey's in the McGregor, so it, they, they're they they're creating. I mean, Israel Adesanya's a star, so make no mistake about it. He's 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 up there in that ilk of, in that conversation with dudes who transcend the sport. So, tough night to see him lose, but also... You know, it, it, it doesn't really terribly hurt your brand if you're able to get back out there and get on the right side of things. So let's move on to the the card and, you know, the, the card this weekend, UFC Fight Night, I believe it's 20, Edwards, Leon Edwards versus Bilal Muhammad. Edwards, big favorite, minus 270, so you know what that means. We'll probably play a little, around, a little bit around uh, Muhammad bet. Edwards is awesome, dude. He is as good as it gets. 
he hasn't fought in a while, which would, you know, make you feel at least feel a little bit better about betting me. This uh, I'm not gonna lie to you though. Uh, let me let me just start off ahead of time by telling you that this fight card's not very good. Oh, like from top to bottom, it's just not it's not very good and. I'm not going to, you know, tell you all to sit down and organize your Saturday nights around this one, okay? It's not, you know, make sure you tune in for the main event. The main event's going to be a good fight. The rest of it, if, unless you're a hardcore, unless you love, love watching dudes beat the shit out of each other, you know, this might, you know, might want to go knit or, you know, walk the dog or something like that. Leon Edwards hasn't lost since he lost to Kamar Usman in 2015. His last fight was July 20th of 2019. And, you know, that's almost two years, you know, a little, little, you know, what, four months less than two years since uh, a five-round decision against RDA, which was, uh, I mean, probably meant a lot, meant a lot more then than it does now. He also fought to a split decision against Gunnar Nelson, so that's a little curious. I don't remember watching that fight. Gunnar Nelson kind of uh, bores the shit out of me anymore, if you're, if I'm being honest. But those fights are so long ago, I'd have to like go back and rewind. I probably would turn them on and be like, oh, right, right, I remember this. But Bilal Muhammad's probably the number here, plus 220. I don't know how he would win. It would probably be like a points, like a five-round decision sort of thing, where like Leon, <clears throat> Leon runs out of gas towards the end. And... You know, just because he hasn't been in there in a long time, but he looks like he's in great shape. And I, I, I if you're gonna dabble on a little Leon Edwards, probably. I mean, he's a big time like uh, he, he likes to ride. He's a striker, but he all like he's well rounded. He's not just a one thing. He he gets it done from from all spots. So that that the this main one's a tough one because it's kind of like Leon Edwards should win, but Bilal Muhammad at plus two twenty is kind of enticing to get you to bet. Yeah, so I mean, maybe Leon Edwards a little TKO action, uh, but but I, I I'm probably gonna stick to just playing around with a little um, you know, Bilal Muhammad money line. Uh, that that one is not a gold seal uh, signed and approved. So bet at your own risk. Misha Serkinov and Ryan Spann is the co-main, which is a disgrace. That's how you know this thing is a is a fucking trash bin. Uh, Ryan Spann. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, just lost his last fight to Johnny Walker, which for anyone who's ever listened to this podcast knows, knows we like to clown Johnny Walker on this podcast. Yeah, he got TKO'd by Johnny Walker. He had him mounted like he was had him on the road to being finished. And Ryan Spann seems like a guy who has like a lot of talent. And a lot of potential, but it just when he gets in there, uh, I don't, you know, not that we don't ever get to say it, but it's just like, you know, I don't know. I'm more in the submission or the the position where you have to prove it to me. So while in that proving position, so let you know, these are both he's fighting Misha Serkinov, two guys who've been knocked out by Johnny Walker. Uh, he hasn't fought since Misha Serkinov hasn't fought since 2019. I mean, he's been TKO'd a lot. So maybe, you know, I would probably would take Serkinov submission or Span KO. Can't imagine this goes the full distance, but, you know, now that I said that, it'll probably be a, uh, you know, a, the most boring, the boring-ass fight that you could ever imagine. 
Let's see what's next. Dan Ige versus Gavin Tucker. Gavin Tucker is awesome, dude. He, I believe he's Canadian, which has literally nothing to do with this, but that's just one of the first things that I think of. His name's like Governor. Yeah, his nickname is Governor. <laughs> that's awesome. So, 13 and 1. This dude, yeah, uh, Billy Quarantillo, Justin G. Like, he is. He was fini- he finished two dudes last year. Or no, Billy Cornell was a unanimous decision. He's on a three-fight win streak. Only loss was in 2017 to Rick Glenn. And that was a long time ago. Dan Ige is the top, like the, the, he's like, I would say he's a gatekeeper in, in the, fe- I believe it's featherweight. Yeah, featherweight division. Just lost to Calvin Cater, but was in that fight the whole time. This is a fight where it's a total toss-up in my mind. Gavin Tucker is awesome. He is awesome, and I'm probably going to bet him. Like, Ige and Tucker, these are two dudes I think are just, like, great fighters. So I don't really have an idea of who's going to win. So when it's that close, I like to bet bet the underdog. So I'm taking Tucker. Uh, Jonathan Martinez and Davey Grant, that's that's a good fight, but... That's uh, Martinez minus 310. That's probably the pick. Manel Cop minus 135 against uh, Matthias Nicolau. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna bet Cop. Cop didn't throw a lot in his first fight in the UFC. So I look, I look, I look more for him to throw more action and not be satisfied with, with taking that L. You know, I, to, starting off in the UFC two in a row is not going to be a, a good look. So but I'm trying to think of who he lost to. Alexander Pantoja. I mean, Pantoja is a very top of the flyweight division, so it's nothing to be ashamed of. But I just thought Cop didn't throw enough in that first fight. I, I, I imagine he's going to throw a lot more. So give me the TKO. The Davy Grant uh, Jonathan Martinez fight is probably uh, I don't know, man. Seems like uh, wow. I mean, this this guy fucking Davy Grant. He's got 2020, 2019, 2018, 16, 16, 13. So, geez, those are like his last fights. Martin Day, he KO'd last year at UFC 251. Uh, his performance of the night that night. Uh, that's a plus 250. That's that's a fat one. If that's what you want to do, if you want to play around. I'm a big Jonathan Martinez guy. I believe in him. But, I mean, you know, his last fight's against uh, Thomas Almeida to a decision in October of 2020 during the Ortega-Korean zombie fight. So, I mean, you know what, I'm trying to give you guys picks, and I'm trying to force it right now, and that's just not one that I would really have a pick on. Minus 310's too much to, you know, do anything with. Uh, It seems like uh, Davey Grant's been submitted a lot uh, from the... Yeah, I mean, his three losses are all submissions. His last three losses. So, I, every one of his losses actually is a submission. So, I mean, maybe you think that that is the avenue of victory. Martinez, it doesn't look like he really does a lot. I mean, submission, armbar, armbar. He's only got two submissions on his record. A lot, A lot of KOs, so... You know, bet at your own risk, ladies and gentlemen. Bet at your own risk. Uh, Darren and Dennis Stewart, I'm taking him. Minus 180. Angela Hill and Ashley Yoder, that's a remade fight. Give me Angela Hill 
And then the rest of this card is kind of just a toss-up. Nazrat Hakparas might be a, is a pick. Jin Frey is probably going to lose. I'll bet Matthew Semmelsberger because I think he's a great fighter, former football player. But Jason Witt's a beast too. Ray Rodriguez will should get smoked, but Ronnie Yaha is not a guy that I'm going to write home about and give you all picks and tell you, yeah, he's a lock because he is fucking not. But he, I mean, he's a good fighter, but he's not a fucking lock. So I won't lie to you. Courtney Casey and J.J. Aldrich is a, you know, fucking boring-ass fight. Give me J.J. Aldrich because I think Courtney Casey's just so bad. But so is J.J. J.J. just lost a split to Sabrina Mazzo, and she got KO'd by Macy Barber. Yeah, I mean, you know, none of it's good. So this card's not that, not that, something to write home about. Not, you know, not a great one, but also for the hardcores, you'll, you'll find some picks in here that you like. So just as a recap, let me give you, uh, what, what I, what I just want to, you know, so we'll go, uh, we'll go Bala Muhammad money line. We'll go Serkinov, Serkinov submission. Give me Gavin Tucker, but uh, yeah, I guess give me Tucker money line. Uh, I but would do it, you know. Now you know what? I'm not going to give you a pick. Ege Tucker is not an official uh, hot box hit. Davy Grant, I'm going to bet. I'm not like I said. I'm not going to. I'm not going to bet that cop. I think cop. If you want to bet him money line, that's that's good. And uh, you could even mess around with TKO because he is a striker. He just, uh, you know, he had the, he reminded me a lot. He has a Connor sort of uh, style of karate sort of sideways stance. Darren Stewart, money line. And uh, Hawk Paraz, Semmelsberger, and J.J. Aldrich for the prelim. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, take him to the bank. Take him to the FanDuel. Take him to the Borgata. Take him to the Golden Nugget. Take him wherever you're going to take him. But, you know, just enjoy the card and uh, hope I can make you guys some money. Hope I made any, anyone some money last week. Let me know if you if I made you any. Uh, send me five bucks or whatever, you know. You know the deal. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much, and I love you.